You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcasts. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In this episode, we have an update episode. Uh, It is titled, A Warrior Without Frontiers. This episode features Amaris Reese Lopez, a participant of the TRIO Student Support Services at California State University, Monterey Bay. This is an update episode. Reese was a previous guest of the Let's Talk TRIO podcast, and they are on the podcast to share their updates and a new outlook that they have since graduating. Amaris gave a wonderful conversation. This was a very much needed episode in that... uh, so Let's Talk Trio was on a, on a lengthy hiatus. We were gone for about nine to 10 months. Um, and that was mostly due to personal reasons. Um, some of you may or may not know, uh, my father, Guadalupe Rivas, passed away April 13th, 2022. And uh, I, I've been constantly traveling to New Mexico uh, where home is. Uh, and I love live up here in Colorado. Uh, when I first heard about my dad being sick, I was back in December. Um, yeah, and usually, it's something that he usually bounces back very quickly from. Um, my father uh, was not uh, doing very well. Uh, January came and went, and he was still not doing where, uh, very well. And um, I went down in February to see what was going on. Uh, we uh, uh, then he. You know, at that point, was uh, getting doctor's appointments, uh, f- trying to figure out what was happening with him, and then uh, finally March rolls around, and um, yeah, he's ad- he's at that point he's admitted to the hospital. He's in the hospital bed, uh, and we know it's cancer. It's uh, it's a form of an aggressive cancer that uh, was already in its late stages. Uh, we were hoping that surgery would be the solution to helping him uh, in his road to recovery. Uh, unfortunately, uh, surgery only, uh, only, only stopped, uh, the, what was temporarily stopped, what was eventually coming. Um, uh, my father passed away in April and, uh, at that moment I just decided to take some time away. I did take away, uh, took time away from work, uh, took time to be with family um, after the funeral, after everything, um, I just found it hard to try to even podcast again. Uh, I reached out to various alumni, students, participants. I was thinking I, I wanted to come back, and nothing really materialized. And I uh, took that moment just to step away and uh, temporarily uh, leave the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Of course, with the support of uh, my team members. Uh, they were very supportive, encouraged me to take the time that I needed. And uh, yeah, that's that's where we find ourselves. Uh, after our, uh, my dad passed, after seeing family, it just I just kind of ha- found it hard to get back into the rhythm of things. 
and uh, starting a new semester uh, at this new job, still relatively new job, I was very focused on um, meeting my objectives, meeting my uh, meeting my my, my performance, right? Uh, to to perform well at, at work. That uh, let's talk trio just kind of took a back seat, um, and enter Amaris Lopez, who out of the blue and kind of spontaneously asked if they could be in a podcast uh, to give us an update on their life and what was what's been going on since they graduated. Because two, two years ago, Reese was an undergraduate student still. And uh, two years later, here we are, uh, Reese has just graduated uh, and moved on to the professional realm uh, with many exciting opportunities. And that's what this podcast is all about today is uh, Reese sharing those experiences. And I want to take a moment to thank Reese for pulling me out and reminding me why this podcast is important and why we're doing the work that we're doing now to continue sharing these stories about students and, and sharing their journey, sharing their experiences. Because uh, I, I hope that every previous uh, person that I've interviewed knows that they can always come back and give an update. Uh, because life changes. Life takes you in a different direction and that's the exciting part about this this podcast is that those stories will continue to change uh, we'll be able to catch up uh, just on a regular conversation and, and get updates from uh, all of our previous uh, guests um, and future guests can tell us about their story and their journey and then having to measure that right with with the story again and, and doing a follow-up episode so uh reese from the bottom of my heart thank you so much you uh, helped me understand this this work that we do is important that podcasting is will always be part of me and, and I'm excited to return and to create uh, these episodes and to uh, really highlight the trio community because uh, that was very much needed. So uh, Reese, your episode came just in time, came at the right moment, the right time and this, this spot where it allowed me to appreciate podcasting again and appreciate that part of myself, that identity that uh, I've held on to uh, and I just kind of, I, I kind of forgot. Uh, for the, so again, thank you so much for reminding me. Uh, so now without giving up too much away, uh, this upcoming conversation is uh, between uh, myself and, and Reese. We're talking about all sorts of things, uh, but mostly the life updates that come with it, uh, especially now that Reese has graduated and uh, we get to hear their experience. So uh, I hope you sit back, relax, and, and enjoy this episode. Three. Two, one. Hello, Trio listeners, and you are listening to the Let's Talk Trio podcast. I have a friend of the podcast who has been here previously, Amaris Lopez from San Diego State University Trio Student Support Services. Amaris, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks, Juan, for having me again. Absolutely. Well, you're a friend of the podcast. You already know like the format. Uh, and this is an update episode, right? Like, there's right. a lot of things that happened since uh, the last time we recorded. Yeah, I think it was around two years ago, a year and a half oh, ago. Gosh. That so we were talking earlier before recording that it doesn't even feel like it was that long. That it was uh, it literally felt like last year, or like yesterday, that we just finished recording. Right. So, and it was in the midst of the whole pandemic thing. It was in, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of all of that. Uh, Give us a brief outline of like what's happened to your life since then. Well, first off, um, COVID happened when we had our interview. All of us were taking online classes, working from home. Um, I think after the our first podcast, um, I went back to CZMB as an RA and I got a chance to be the other student supervisor on my last year. Um, I started working on my capstone. I created new communities and I mean, just like an overview of what has happened. I was nominated for the Alumni Vision Award. I graduated and now I'm working for San Diego State University as the university program and housing coordinator. Wow. Actually, yesterday was my last day and now I am in San Francisco heading, um, heading tomorrow to Japan to work as an assistant language teacher amazing so we're going to get to the the japan that you traveling to japan to teach we're going to get to that in a moment um but post or uh, in the in the days that led up to covid and a little after while while you and i recorded 
uh, that was back in, oh gosh, that was two years ago, August. I, I'm starting to remember part of our conversation and you had told me, uh, or I had said, uh, reach out to me when you graduate. And you said, definitely, uh, will do. And the podcast took a, a brief hiatus or a quite a lengthy hiatus. Uh, and you reached out again and you said, I would love to do this podcast. Uh, you graduated since. Correct. That was uh, four months ago. Five. Oh, okay. Uh, what did you graduate in? And yeah, tell us all about that. Tell us about that. When did I graduate? It? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I graduated in at the end of May, May 16, around that date. Um, and I mean, from the time that I graduated until now, um, I, like I mentioned, I've been working for San Diego State and I graduated as a Japanese major, Japanese uh, language and culture major with a concentration in Spanish language and culture minor. So I remember two years ago, it was still like quite of a bit of a distance to the goal. Like you were like, yeah, that's two years away. Uh, graduation is, it doesn't feel that it's uh, too far away, but it's still two years away. Um, do you remember what you were thinking about two years ago compared to now that you're graduated and you have your degree? Well, I think, um, now that I have my degree, I would definitely um, think that if it wasn't because of the all the things that I did during my undergraduate year, this two years have probably not gone in that fast. Yeah. But I did enjoy my last years. Um, I mean, honestly, all my years in college at California State University, Monterey Bay, um, I made a lot of connections, had a lot of fun. I was able to travel all up to a lot of different places. Even during COVID, I traveled. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, I honestly, the, the quote that I would definitely use right now to answer your question is the impossible is possible. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so two years ago, after we, we finished recording, life happened in between. You said you traveled a, a bit. Give us a breakdown about the things that you've done uh, while in this COVID and right, right before you graduated. What have you experienced? What have you done? Okay, um, so during COVID, after, when we had our last podcast, I did a lot of community service in um, one of my local gyms in Tijuana, Mexico. Um, that's that's my original hometown. That's where I grew up. And I was doing community service as a yoga instructor and a mental health um, advisor for little children in our local um, community in Mexico. And I also... Um, I was also working out a lot, like doing karate. Um, and then for my traveling experience, I, I am a person who really likes to travel. So I went to New York and oh, I, yeah, I went to New York for two months. I know wow. people were probably like, well, you went traveling during COVID. That's just me. I decided that I wanted to travel, get the deals. I got a ticket for like $200 back and forth. That is wow. For $200 mm -hmm. round trip. That's amazing. Yeah. And do you remember when I told you that I wanted to work for the United Nations? I do remember that. Yes. I went to the headquarters um, oh. of the United Nations. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to, I am going to talk about that because my whole life, life, Pat, my, my, my meaning of my significance of life is not United Nations anymore. Um, it changed. It changed. Yeah. It changed a couple of months ago. Um, but I mean, other than that, I went back to CSUMB and, oh wait, before that, I actually, I also went to Hawaii to, uh, I did community service helping the native Hawaiians uh -huh. and, and Oahu, uh, Wainai. I was a farmer, a tutor, a, oh, wow. a cooker, and I did a lot of crazy things in Hawaii. I, uh, meditate. I had a guru, wow. um, I was cooking organic food. Mm. I was living on in a tent for three months. Wow. I learned how to surf. I did my hike, my first big hiking of like four thousand feet below me. Whoa! With just my school pack bag. Yeah, mm. crazy, crazy. That is intense. It's intense. Um, in in our conversations, I do remember you saying that uh, one day you would love to work for the United Nations. Um, kind of bringing it back to your New York trip. So I'm gonna admit, Amaris, I. Anytime you post it on your story or any, anytime you post it on your Instagram, I, I followed you. You know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to use the word stock. That's not the, the word I want to use. 
but I definitely followed your your excursions and and the things that you posted. So uh, when you were in New York City, what was the what, what was your favorite part of the or aspect of that trip? I think my favorite aspect of of that trip trip is all the cultures that you encounter, all the languages that you hear around the streets. I mean, you, I would literally be in the train station. I would hear French next to me. And then in the other corner, I would hear Mandarin, right? I think that was a, one of the most amazing things. Now, in terms of if New York was my favorite experience, I liked it. Would I go back? No. <laughs> <laughs> no hate on New York. No shade on New York. No Just shade on New York. York. It's, it's a great city, don't mind me, but... California people are more, we're more laid back. We are more calm. We live day by day. That's what I've heard. I've heard that there's a, definitely an attitude change between California and New York, New York City, that uh, the people in NYC are a little bit more brash, harsh. They're a little bit, they, they like to throw elbows a little bit over there. Whereas we California, we're just a little bit more laid back. Like the time doesn't rush us, right? Correct. Right on, right on. Um, so, Part of your experiences um, in the in your last episode, you shared that uh, you were learning to dance, or you were already an expert dancer. Uh, have you improved or enhanced your skills in any way in dancing? Um, well, during when we had a lot, our last podcast, I was just dancing um, to reggaeton and cumbias. Uh -huh. um, I had an experience here in um, in the Bay Area, which allowed me to. Uh, get close to my love for bachata mm. and when i went back home i decided to continue that i joined an academy called legacy in playas de tijuana uh -huh. and they have become my family um i'm not a professional dancer but i have definitely improved now i'm a salsera bachatera and Whoa. that's my hobby. that is what i do when i want to go out and i dance for hours i'm telling you we have this thing called socials Mm -hmm. And these socials, you just dance with professional dancers, like from from eight o'clock to like three a.m. And wow. my whole group of friends, when I arrived to Tijuana, I probably gained like maybe three hundred followers in that span. Because the dancing community, we all know each other, and I was able to gain a, a family. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. Um, so already, you you've done. Um, a lot of experience traveled out during the time of COVID and your first, in the first year closing of COVID after, you know, middle of the pandemic, what was your attitude or what was your kind of like feeling? Did you feel like COVID was dragging on? Did you feel like a little bit more optimism? Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about your feelings after that first year of COVID. I think after my first, after you mean the first year of COVID and the second year? Yeah. And then the second year. Yep. Yeah. I think my 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 first year of COVID allowed me to know who I am and like kind of um, focus on me instead of just jobs and schools. Um, I think that I've always been focused and doing a lot of things. And even though I was doing a lot of activities like dancing, karate, and working, right? I prefer to be doing something, you know, than just being in my room. Like I want to work out. I want to learn things i guess and that was something definitely that um impacted me on my last year of um uh, as a super senior because i i grad i took me five years to graduate um <laughs> but yeah i mean it covid i think covid brought us uh to everyone not only me different like positive aspects in life and also negative aspects. Because mm. I'm not going to say it was a balance for me. There was good things that COVID brought and negative things. I mean, just, you know. Yeah, definitely understand on that part. I think uh, we take the, the good and the bad of COVID, right? We, uh, educational systems learned how to be online um, and individuals had to, um, and I like that you, you uh, get, wonderful segue, by the way that you talked about self-improvement or even taking on and, and expanding on your hobbies. Um, and that's what kind of the quarantine period allowed us to do, right? Is explore ourselves, explore, find out better about ourselves. Correct. I so, mean, also another okay. aspect would be family time. I know a lot of people don't never see their kids, um, don't never spend time with them. Definitely COVID. Not only it allowed me to create bigger, you know, connection with my family, but also I saw it in other, in other people. And, yeah. 
that was really nice to see because honestly we we overwork ourselves like our planet we we work too much and we don't spend time with our family and that is essential it is essential i agreed i agreed and i think uh covid really taught uh, human uh human people people all over right that we're people first and that we should demand better working conditions con uh, yeah. conditions that allow us to spend time with family conditions that allow us to grow so yeah did you uh did you get addicted to TikTok at all? Um, yeah, I did. I, I know you're asking this question because you saw my Instagram stories. Now, I don't post quite often in TikTok, like all the TikTokers. I uh -huh. post maybe like a video every month. And the reason why, why I do that is because when I'm old, um, I actually want to like see the videos that I did. <laughs> That's the whole reason. That is the whole reason. And it's really convenient. You just take pictures. You just... Uh, upload the videos and it creates the video for you literally yeah, yeah. Uh, so I will admit I did get addicted to TikTok not only was I scrolling endlessly but I did create videos too like I was I was getting a little bit involved with a little bit of politics but I was doing a lot of book reviews too so that's what I one thing that I, I liked about the, the the time that we spent in uh, quarantine and with COVID is that I get to reconnect with my reading self like I love reading and I got to reconnect with that so I give book reviews and sometimes I'll engage politically. Oh, I'll promote the podcast. So yeah, I agree. I think this was a good period for everybody to kind of discover about themselves. Correct. Are you going to post any new TikTok soon? I'm actually going to become a more, uh, I'm going to post more regularly, definitely, because I think, um, you know, you're not the first person that tells me that like my life is pretty uh, unique. It is very unique. <laughs> it is very unique. I'm not gonna lie. Japanese major, salsera bachatera from TJ in San Diego. Okay, that's a weird combination. <laughs> but no, like you said, I, I do have a lot of opinions. Um, I'm thinking about writing a book, but I think the best way to start is social media. Um, I do wanna start bringing more instead of just videos, I do want to start like implementing my voice and talking about cultures, the difference um, experiences that I've had as a first generation Latina here in, in the United States, all my obstacles, etc. I think it's a really good way to connect with people, but also to kind of just show it to your community the way you're doing, what are you up to, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's important, right, to share with the community a little bit more about who you are. So looking forward to your posts and uh, you traveling to Japan, I think I'm gonna like really look forward to what you see out there, what you experience. That's gonna be, uh, that's gonna be wonderful. Um, in the lead up to your graduation, you uh, in this major that you're in, um, you, you worked for San Diego State University. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that came out, how, they, how that came to be. Uh, how did you do that? Uh, how long were you employed there for? Yeah, talk, talk to the audience about that a little bit. Oh my God. And yesterday was my last day. I did not cry, but I'm going to talk about this experience. So just to say, um, just to like kind of, I'm going to become a little bit vulnerable right now and be honest about yeah, my experience during my graduation. Um, a lot of blessings happened during my graduation. I won various awards. One of them was the Alumni Ambition Award. And if you type CGMB, Amaris Lopez, it's right there because it's a big yeah. award. Um, not everyone can win it. Uh, the Alumni Mission Award is basically like a leader, somebody that connects communities together um, through uh, diversity, etc. But I didn't, because of personal problems, you know, life happens. Things don't go the way you want to. And I graduated not really happy. Like I just graduated and I There you go. Oh, there you are. Got you. Okay, so start pick up from where you said you were not happy after graduate or like you you were not happy. That, that's where we yeah. stopped. Um, I was well, I was not satisfied with my okay. graduating experience. I was okay. not, I was with my family and everything. And honestly, my family wasn't there. I would probably like cry a lot. But you know, everything happens for a reason. And I went back home. I was sad, um, a little bit depressed, but I took, I told my mom that I was going to take the time off maybe like a year or a couple of months. That didn't happen. A month happened. A, a man, a month passed by and <laughs> I decided to apply for these jobs. Yeah. And I actually got a job um, 
I, I got a job as a teacher, after school teacher for one uh one of the one organization called Bicop, which okay. is for uh, for minorities, right? Um yeah. and I was gonna help children to attain a higher education by implementing activities. And then I was in my house one day and I was scrolling through some job posts and then I saw San Diego State University, um university uh housing coordinate program coordinator mm-hmm. uh, i don't i don't rem- i don't know if you remember this but i was an ra for three years i do and remember the, this yeah the ra experience is a big part of my life i like working for residential housing like it's one of my passions and i applied and then i get a call the next day and they do an interview they ask me questions the process goes on they're like okay we're gonna give you a call later I get a call later the next day and they're like, can you start tomorrow? I That quick? That quick. I write my resignment letter um, to the other job and I apologize. I go there. I get my first office. Like, it's insane. I went from college being a student and then I get this job with my own office. And my first experience, like my first, um, I want to say like, uh, uh, like, um, it was just amazing, but I was working with, I was the youngest on my team. It's called mm-hmm. the ALI team. And yeah. I love them in my heart. You don't have any idea how much I love each one of them. Um, it is American, American language Institute. And we work for SESU global campus. So we work for international students. So, you know, I love cultures, you know, I love all my friends are international students. Like, it's just insane. So it was the perfect combination for me. And I, we, we have our first meeting, right? And I present myself, I introduce myself. Juan, I'm working with people that have masters who are like 50 years old, 40 oh. years old, who have gone so much. I connected with them on LinkedIn and my whole experience was amazing. I was overseeing 800 students, international students. I brought my own ideas. I was able to connect with these people. I mean, can I name them? Because I'm going to send them this. Yeah, you can, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Eddie is our director, passionate person. He went to Japan. Chad, uh, he he travels to other universities. Mm -hmm. And he's the Asian uh, rapper. I want to say, like, he um, showcases our programs to other universities. And we exchange students, right? Right. Um, we have students coming to SUSU to study English for that. And then Rene, the director of the American Language Institute, amazing, hardworking person. And then we have Miffy, and she's the the director. Like, I'm telling you, all of them are directors. It's just amazing. You were, you were working with, like, already experienced professionals. Yeah, I was the youngest. And then we have Luis Vega. He's from Costa Rica, and then he's another director. It's just an amazing team. I love them with all my heart. And hardworking people. And that job actually get, allowed me to have one of the most incredible experiences. I don't know if you know about Ford, right? I know a little bit about it, but not a month, not much. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Uh, Fulbright is a program where you are able, it's a funded program for undergrad, for graduate students or undergraduate. And you have two sections. You can either be an international student and obtain your master's in the States or backwards. You can be an, a U.S. citizen and then get your master's abroad or they have different programs, but it is really prestigious. Um, And they asked me if I wanted to work with them, be part of the program. And I said, yes. And I met 21 different individuals from 17 different countries, our group um, to our university because we were doing the orientation for three weeks. I was able to work with them. Juan, these people, are obtaining their masters mm-hmm. and they're like number one in their country. Wow. To be accepted into Fulbright, you have to be super smart, hardworking. It's really hard. It's really prestigious. It's one of the most prestigious programs. And because of that experience, I was able to um, just experience cultures, education, languages, diversity all in one yeah. at Amigo State University. And at the end of that program, we, 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 uh, our Dean and assistant Dean director, Eddie, they gave a speech and I was also able to give a speech and 
when my supervisor, Eddie West, um, the assistant dean director, he gave his speech, it allowed me to see my purpose in life. And that's what I mean by I don't want to work for the United Nations anymore. I want to work for a university with international students. And yeah. I want to help them out with their their um, experience in, in, in the U.S. I want to work for international students. And I'm already doing that, but I'm, a, I'm pursuing something higher. I don't yeah. want to be just a university coordinator. I want to be something higher. Wow. So Amaris, this is, this is amazing because, again, two years ago, you were talking about United Nations making a difference and a global impact. And it sounds like you've discovered a path that you say, I really want to be full in into this one where I'm helping students in higher education, being in the educational system. That's amazing. So that's a, that's a, a huge shift, at least to me. That's what it sounds like. The United Nations is a really great way, but I think that there's more po uh, politics and laws involved. I think for me, I think more about making a bigger, a, a big difference for communities. And I think in a university for young people is the best way to do it. You know, it's, the United Nations is amazing and everything, but I think that my experience as a legal state has definitely allowed me to see the power. The wow. It just, it brings me so much happiness when I see the international students uh, be so amazed by American culture. You know, it's they're, them smiling, them learning English. Not only that, but also American students as well. You know, it's just amazing. That it fulfills amazing. my heart. <laughs> so you already kind of alluded to your next journey. Um, which sounds like a wonderful opportunity. Talk to us about that. What, what is it about? What is this uh, journey? What does it entail? Um, so like I mentioned, yesterday was my last day for San Diego State University. Um, a couple of months ago, when my last year at um, CSUMB called Monterey Bay, I did an application for one of the most difficult programs called JET, Japanese uh, teaching exchange program. Sorry, I don't remember the name exactly because I yeah. it's been a crazy day. Um, <laughs> but I applied and I was placed in the waiting list. Now, let me tell you this, 25,000 people apply. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a job where you teach English in Japan and American people apply, but also from Australia and other countries, I think. 25,000 people apply and only 1,200 get accepted. Whoa. So Correct. it's competitive. It's, it's really, it sounds competitive. It's really competitive. It's really competitive. Why? Because they have this system where they help their uh, participants amazingly. I mean, if you look right now, I'm staying in a hotel. My yeah. company pay for it and they accommodate me with this wow. and they pay for my ticket. Yeah. It's just insane. I have all resources. I have group chats. I have emails. It's amazing. It's just so amazing. Um, but yeah, and I was I did the interview, one of the hardest interviews I've done in my life, because I don't know if you're aware, but Japanese interviews are hardcore, like the, the ones in the animes. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about that, that interview experience. Uh, what's an interview experience? Yeah. You are with three people that you don't know of, and you're with one Japanese person, and they knew that I was a Japanese major, so they started speaking Japanese to me. Wow. Um, now, my Japanese is rusty. It's really bad, but I did say some words. Um, and, you know, it's just... In Japanese culture, the job ethic, the job culture, work culture, it's really one of their main like streams in life. They're one of the hardest working people. I don't know if you have heard about customer service in Japan. Amazing customer service. Wow. Yeah. But um, I was placed in the waiting list, sadly, you know, and I, and I kind of got an idea that I was not going to work in Japan. But just like you know me, if plan A didn't work, I had, did have a plan B. During that, uh, during my last year, when I applied for JET, I also applied for CIEE for South Korea, and I got accepted as a uh, as an English teacher for a private school in, in South Korea. Wow! And I was gonna start my contract after December, but wow. then when I was working for San Diego State, so the past four months, I get this email: Hey, from JET, we want to accept you. Will you wow. will you will you accept a job offer? Listen. <laughs> I'm a Japanese major. Of course, what am I going to decide? Right. And they asked me if I wanted to start in October. So right now I'm here, right? And yeah. in San Francisco, I just got my, my uh, visa from the Japan consulate <sighs> office. So I have it right here with me. Uh, yep. It's been an adventure. That sounds extraordinary, Amari. So from the two years ago that we met 
we recorded that first podcast. Now coming up to two years later, here you are uh, living this extraordinary life and uh, all of that because uh, you were persistent, you uh, held on to your educational beliefs and you kept wanting to grow. Like it's evident in your Instagram, uh, you, it's evident that you love learning and that you love connecting and you love people. Correct. But I do want to highlight that um, all the people in my university, especially the people from my, um, from CSUMB and also San Diego State University, if it wasn't because of these role models that I have, mm. I wouldn't be here. And I was actually, I actually sent out an email today um, at four hours ago. Uh-huh. I sent it out to 18 individuals who have impacted my life and my academic uh, career from trio to housing to my department as a language major. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I send out an email because if all these things are not, yeah, of course, it's because of me, but these people have uh, implemented their seeds into my growing as, as, a, as a professional individual. So my goal, my accomplishments is also from San Diego State University and CSUMB. And my parents, of course. Oh, definitely. Got to give credits to the parents for the encouragement, right? But uh, awesome that CSUMB, the trio staff there, that it sounds like you still keep in touch with them. Yeah, I actually have. Um, I don't know if you know Alice, uh, Alex, Alex Westerland, a little bit. A little bit. Our working person. I love her to death. She's, I, have, I still have meetings with a lot of them, um, even after I graduated. But it, because I think it's really important to keep in touch with your mentors, your mentors in life, you know, to let them know what you're doing. And I've noticed that a lot about students. Um, uh, she get second uh, sensei. She didn't. She, I. She's one of the most important people of my life. She's the chair of the department of of the world language and culture department from San Diego State from San Diego from California State University Monterey Bay. Hmm. And she's like a mom to me. I love her to death. And she is definitely somebody that has helped me the most. You know. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Amaris, uh, you gave us a great kind of overview of everything that's happened to you since we recorded two years ago. Like, I'm still in disbelief that that happened two years ago. And that that we're now, uh, right, that you're leaving for Japan to teach and to teach English. Like, that is amazing. It's mind-blowing. I know. It it is mind-blowing. And I don't know what's going to happen in the next years, but I think I do have a vision of what I want to do for my life right now. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I learned my lesson. And if you only have one, if you only have plan A and it doesn't work, you're, 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 you're off. You're, you lose the game. That's true. Only having one plan and not backup plans, like, it, it limits you. It limits you for sure. Wow. Um, any other, what would you like to share with the TRIO students that are listening as far as uh, get, after all the experience that you've gained? What is something that you want to share with them? With who? with the TRIO students that are listening, either their Upward Bound Student Support Services, McNair or Educational Opportunity Centers. What do you wanna share with them? Well, first off, as, um, as somebody you know that has had a lot of obstacles since I was young, I mean, um, if, they, if you guys listen to my old, my, our first podcast, you're gonna see my, my origin story in a way. Um, but I just wanna say that you know, take take advantage of your resources, um, create connections, um, expose yourself to the unknown. That's my biggest advice for everyone, you know, for my residents, to my friends, to my families, is expose yourself to the unknown. Um, scroll to the internet, apply to scholarships, apply to different jobs, go to a club, go to an event, uh, join yoga, do a hike. Because if you're just stuck in your room, you're not going to grow as a human. Playing video games all day is not going to help you out. And I am a gamer, but ever since I stopped playing video games, I have grown more. Yes. I do play video games too. But (laughs) I think for the trio students, um, that's definitely one of the biggest things that I would say. Um, I wish I was, you know, more dedicated to trio. But after my first year in college, I took a different route. And if it wasn't because of trio, I wouldn't have been a UROC researcher. I wouldn't have gone to Costa Rica. I wouldn't have been an RA. So look at that. It's already a big accomplishment. That's amazing. Amaris, uh, what about some things that you want to share with the uh, TRIO staff members? Uh, I know that we did this two years ago, but now that you've experienced life and now you're on the professional end, I would say, 
what would what is something that you want to uh, share with the trio professionals across the country? Well, I think trio something that um, that I've noticed that could really implement into the programs would be cross collaborations with international students. You know, I think. Um, a lot of international students are really interested in learning about American culture. Mm-hmm. And I know the individuals who apply to TRIO are um, usually to ethnicities, first generation students who want to just get the opportunity. So I think that will be a really great way to create a community and create cross collaborations. But in general, for TRIO, like just the company itself, I mean, the organization, I am really grateful with TRIO. There's, if it wasn't because of that program, I wouldn't be feeling um, proud of my ethnicity, proud of being Mexicana, uh, Americana. And I'm just really thankful for all the opportunities, all the resources given to us, you know, the first generations, because we we are the future of the country. And absolutely. And the new ones, too. And we, we do need the support. But. I mean, I do have a special message for Alice Westerland. If it wasn't because of her, I wouldn't be here, to be honest. So she's also one of my biggest role models in life. Even though, even though she's young, she's one of the most caring and humble individuals that I've ever met in my life. That's amazing. So Alex, if you're listening, uh, Amaris is very grateful to you. And we are also very grateful to have Amaris on the podcast to talk about her experience and to talk about your journey and everything that you've been doing. Uh, Cause it's, it's been amazing just to see you grow uh, on everything that you've been doing from traveling. Oh, I, I did want to ask you another question if I, if I may. Um, students right now are starting to travel again. I'm starting to notice at Colorado State University from New York University, all the way everywhere. Students are starting to slowly travel again. What is something that you would like to tell college students as they think about traveling and as they think about uh, going to other places? Uh, what, what, in your experience of traveling, what would you share with them? Um, definitely immerse yourself in the culture. Don't, don't, um, just don't be mean if you don't like something, you know, embrace the culture, even on the bad sides, on the negative sides, as well as the positive aspects of the culture. Uh, there's one thing that I've noticed about, um, people coming to the U.S., and international students or travelers, they adjust to the U.S. culture. But whenever um, a lot of American students, and I'm seeing this as you know, growing up with two countries at the same time, I've noticed that that uh, I want to say that personality thing about American U.S. citizens going to other countries or college students and not willing to understand the culture 100 percent, mm-hmm. and that is totally fine but if you want to have a good experience you're visiting a country that's not yours you're they're embracing you and you're being part of the whole experience and open your open your mentality completely open your horizon even if it's a bad experience hey we learn from bad experiences we all commit mistakes but you are going to learn from that and that's how I've, i've learned so many things you know I'm not going to lie to you. There was things in Japan that I did not like. There was things in Costa Rica that I didn't like, but I love it. I tried to love it as much as I could because the experience that I have traveling to different countries has been memorizing because of me willing to embrace even the negative aspects of the country. Right on. So I'll give you this space to reflect and give any final thoughts about your journey and anything that we missed. I want to give you this space to reflect. Um, to reflect on like my whole life or just this for past one? In whichever one, in whichever aspect you want to take, you could, we could talk about the last two years or you could talk about, you know, your, what you look forward to in, uh, in Japan. Well, first off, um, I was actually thinking and reflecting on my childhood as, as a little girl, you know how they say you have like a little persona living in you, like your little you. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that if I went back to the future, to the past and I talked to my old self when I was 13 or 12, uh, I was a whole different person. I think that I would tell myself that you can do it. You know, I would completely tell that to myself and be like, you're going to live your best life. You're going to be so happy. Of course, there's going to be, you know, ups and downs, but 
the roller coaster is still going to go straight. You just have to work hard to go up again. And something that I'm really looking forward for Japan is um, to see my Japanese family. I don't know if we touched base this in our la last podcast, but I do have a, my first international friend. He was Japanese. His name is Junpei then. And I went to Japan maybe four years ago and I traveled over there and um, I became best friends with him for like a whole year. He came to Tijuana for a week and then he invited me to go to Japan. And I spent Christmas with his family and I connected with his mom and dad, mama and papa. That's how I called them. Aww. And there's a really sad story about his mom tried to have another kid for seven years and they couldn't and she wanted a daughter. So when I went to Japan, um, she uh, told me that I gained a trip, but they gained, they, they gained a daughter. Oh, that is so, so sweet. I've been trying to visit them for as long as I can. Of course, not only, you know, I'm going to Japan to improve my language also, Mm -hmm. But I also, I want to see them really bad. I haven't wanted to see them since four years ago. Imagine. Yeah. And also my friends. That's a long time. Absolutely. Um, any other things that we didn't get to touch on in this interview that you wanted to share with uh, with the audience? I mean, I mean, it were the Alumni Vision Award. <laughs> That's right. We were going to talk about that. Tell me about, tell me about that. Let's, let's, let's expand. Let's talk about it. Let's expand the Alumni Vision Award. I think that's one of the... I was capable. Uh, I was capable to see my the power that I have in communities through that award. Um, my the chair of the department, uh, Prof. Dr. Sekine Sensei, uh -huh. she was the one that who nominated me. And I'm not gonna lie to you, Juan, but that has been one of the longest and more difficult essays that I've done in my life. Really? <laughs> yes. I had to uh, connect my involvement in communities. Mm -hmm through the bish, the CSUMB's vision, uh, I mean, statement. And it's really long, um, but it does define my, we do combine, the vision statement and I combine really well because we both, you know, in a lot of universities, they thrive for a, a learning um, goal. So that means that whenever you get in the exam, it needs to be an A or a B, right? But at CSUMB, uh, and what, that's one of the best things that I love about our, my school is that we do it more as a learning outcome. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what, what are, how are you going to implement the things that you're learning as an undergraduate or graduate student into life? Of course, we do check grades, but it's more in the sense of like, think about all the resources, how you've grown so much and how are you going to use them yeah. for the rest of your life? Because huh. grades... A number is not going to define your intelligence. Of course, it's going to help you. But at the end of the day, it's not. It's not. And when I was writing the essay, I had to imagine I had to combine maybe seven different communities that I've been part of wow. in like one essay. Yeah. That must, so that was a, a writing process then that that really had you push your limits as a writer. Correct. It had because my language is not my first language is not English. And it was really difficult. But I think it was more difficult to combine everything because I talk about what CSUMB means to me and I actually have, have it uh, right here, the essay. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do you want me to read the hook? It's really amazing. Give, give, us some, give us some highlights, give us samples, whatever you would like to do. Okay, so I started the essay by saying California State University Monterey Bay is a mesmerizing sea where exceptional otters, otters is our mascot, from a raft, form a raft during rough waters, enable, enabling a curiosity to experience, experience and expand life skills. To keep from drifting away from each other, we wrap ourselves within the various organizations on campus that reinforce a multicultural and equitable environment for attainable academic excellence. Being an author at CSUMB allows me to accept who I am. A powerful and unstoppable first-generation low-income LGBTQ plus Latinx individual that strives for academic excellence, founding and outcome-based learning, teaching and learning. That's 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 awesome. I like how you did that intro right there. Like I like that. Is that was that part of your intro? Or was that another part of your? That was part of my intro, and wow. then I had a conclusion, and they both of them connect. Right on. So yeah, read a, read, a, read a sample or a passage of that to see how it connects. You want me to read the conclusion? 
Uh, sure. Yeah. So, um, I am I am committed to growing as a leader and de delivering workshops at colleges that showcase uh, CSUMB's educational opportunities as that strive for multicultural and equitable learning outcomes. The mission is to create international relationships or bring communities together by language and culture powers education. I want to inspire low-income individuals, first-generation minorities, international individuals by sharing my own experience and highlighting how being an honor at CSUMB grants you much needed resources. This being my last semester, I am waiting for my acceptance for my ideal job as a Japan exchange teaching instructor. Um, I have already been accepted as an educator by the Korean Council on International Education Exchange, and I hope to continue growing as um, I, I hope to continue growing during my professional journey by exposing global competence through education. My next stepping stone will be to obtain my master's in education with teaching credentials. Would that change? That already changed. I don't want to get an education with my teaching credentials anymore. Um, if somebody asked me, why should I attend CSUMB? I would reply, become a nodder and take advantage of the raft that CSUMB offers during rough waters to discover your wholesome potential and strive for academic overall academic excellence. That is amazing. That's an awesome conclusion. Thank you. I like how it ties all to all that together. Right? Yeah, I'm really cheesy. My professor told me you you write like a like a like a poet writer. And I'm like, I mean, I watch a lot of novelas. What can I say? <laughs> you you're able to use those elements though. Those, those right? are amazing. That's awesome. La Rosa Guadalupe. Ah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, so this award already is it super competitive for alumni to get it? It's really competitive. Um, I mean, just letting you know, the president or of of CSUMB granted it to me in person, so it it is really competitive. And I am the first Japanese major in the world language and culture department. Yeah, to attain the Vision Award, the wow. alumni Vision Award. Wow, so, so, so very prestigious. It's really prestigious, yeah, of course. I mean, one of my professors told me I was not able to to get that during my undergraduate of experience. It's really amazing, Amadis. And you know, I think the reason why I have become so involved um, at my university is because I've seen that when you connect people and bring communities together, there's more power at, as a big community. And that's the thing that I always try to do, you know, when I have a job, um, or when I take, um, when I am a leader, you know, cause I, I have been a leader at my university. I am going to take that for, for granted. I have been a leader and I do the service award. I work really hard, really, really Absolutely. hard. Absolutely. Um, so what, what's next for you, uh, going to Japan, what do you foresee? What, what do you see coming up? I think what's next for me, um, I'm planning to stay in Japan for at least one year or two years. It depends on my experience, but after that, I have like four plans right now. Um, I do want to apply for Peace Corps because Peace Corps um, helps developing countries and I want to do something to help a developing country. I really love that. Um, and then maybe do that two years or if not, go and get my master's or get my master's through Fulbright, the program that I told you about at SESU. And I want to get everything paid. I want a scholarship. Hey, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Or if not, get my get my master's in the University of Hawaii in linguistics. Wow, amazing! I really like Hawaii. And then, I mean, keep dancing bachata and salsa. Absolutely, gotta keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta keep the spices in it. I mean, just right now, it's just gaining experience, exploring the world. That's what I want, you know. Because there's gonna be a time in my life when I'm 30 or 35 that I wanna, I'm gonna go back home and I'm just gonna spend the rest of my life with my family communities. But right now I'm young, I am hungry for knowledge, hungry for cultures. And it's just, I mean, I'm here, I'm going to Japan tomorrow. <laughs> That's great, Amaris, keep the hunger, keep the desire to continue growing and, and gaining the knowledge uh, and uh, yeah. Any other thing that you would like to discuss or bring up uh, while we're in this uh, in this space together? In this space, I think. I mean, Juan, I I think 
like I said, the impossible is possible. So at this point, I don't really have a plan in my life. I'm just following the resources and the opportunities that I get. So from the outsider's perspective, it seems like you're following the rhythm of life and what whatever it throws at you. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I mean, also one of my hobbies this, this semester was uh, uh, surfing. And, and oh, nice. You know how you surf? If the wave is too fast, if the wave is slow, just go with the waves. Go with the flow. That's, yeah. what, I, the that's, flow. that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I love it. It's like an, an awesome mantra to go, go with the flow. Go with the flow, exactly. Awesome. But other than that, I don't have nothing else to say. I think um, CSGMB um, has become my sanctuary. I mean, I'm just going to be grateful with them all my life. And now San Diego State University. But CSGMB definitely has altered everything about me. And now I'm here because of them. A positive impact. So uh, Amaris, to sign off, I'm going to ask you to do what you did two years ago and reintroduce yourself. Like, I don't know if you remember how to, how to sign off. Is, uh, so you state your name again. Only this time, you get to say the titles you've held and what you're going to be doing in the future. All the titles that I've held? All the titles that you've held. No, you don't have to do all of them. I'm, I'm so kidding on all the titles you've held. Give us the give us like a highlight of titles if you if you'd like. Okay, my name is Amaris Lopez, but people know me as Reese in various communities, and I have been a undergraduate researcher. Um, I have been a residential advisor. I have been the Japan Bikes Club president. I have been a Spanish mentor. I was nominated as an Alumni Vision Award for 2022. I have become a tutor for Japanese. I was also a Japanese teacher for elementary schools, uh, for elementary school kids. And now that, oh, also an other student supervisor. And now that I graduated, I am leaving a legacy as the San Diego State University Program Coordinator. And now I am <laughs> starting my journey as an assistant language teacher in Japan in the JET program. Maris, amazing. You're leaving a, a great uh, legacy. You're starting a new legacy and just creating a bunch of connections all across communities. So I appreciate the time you've given this podcast. We're definitely going to do a third update uh, sometime down the road whenever you're in Japan and you've got your, you know, some ground underneath you and then we could uh, talk again. Of course. Let's hope COVID doesn't hit a new virus. <laughs> let's hope that doesn't happen. And let's continue, right? That uh, all of these experiences works out uh, like it's supposed to for you. So Amadis, uh, congratulations. The podcast is proud of you. We are proud of all the work that you're doing. Thank you for being on the podcast again and giving us your life's update. Thank you, Juan. You're all, keep, keep changing people's lives. Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk TRIO. We want to get your story to the public. Thank you, Reese, for being on the Let's Talk Trio podcast and for providing those life updates. So that was a great conversation that Reese and I had about uh, updates regarding post-graduation. And it seems like life is taking uh, them in, the, in a direction that looks very, um, looks promising. So uh, Reese, again, we're very proud of you. Congratulations on all your accomplishments. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Rosario O'Reilly, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for continuing to support the podcast. A moment to acknowledge uh, the honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast, Scott Kendall, Roderick Chambers, and Tony Ho. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, audio engineer, music composer, and production. Emilia Castañeda, producer, marketing manager, social media manager, and script supervisor. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. Thank you all so much for listening. We will catch you on the next episode.